It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. One, two, three. This is Kale Brown. Now, I didn't play a doctor on TV, but I will prescribe Brandon's buzz for absolutely anybody who wants to know what's really going on. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah. This is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big. I'm live and kicking on Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Dave Romero, and you're going to love buzzing with Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. I have a fantastic lady on the phone, and we have a lot to talk about, so we're just going to jump right in here. You know, you certainly don't need me to tell you that my guest tonight, she's one of the extraordinary women, period. Still fondly remembered for her electrifying work as wacky, wonderful Felicia Gallant on NBC's much-missed classic Another World. She's left daytime behind now to return her focus to her first loves, decorating and design. Now the architect of a monumentally successful line of home decor accessories for the shopping network QVC, she returns to the channel this coming Monday afternoon with a very special, deeply personal new collection of decorative Christmas items, and she's come by the buzz this evening to offer us an exclusive sneak peek. This is her third time on this show, and whenever she comes to visit, I always know it's going to be a blast. She is dazzling. She is divine. She's the one and only Linda Dano. Wow, you made, you just didn't even make my day. You made my year, for God's sake. Well, How you, are you, honey? I'm doing very well. How are you, my Good. darling? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. In fact, I'm very excited about Monday. I, I'm, I'm like a kid at Christmas, which is kind of what it's all about. I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you know uh, talk to me about this new this new Christmas line. I've heard well, you say that you always wanted to do this. Was this something that always, always was this something that you approached them with, or was it something that they came to you suggesting? They actually came to me. The home accessory line has been going very well. And, you know, it, it's that thing I always say, Brandon, you know, it's if you're making a dinner, it's just as much work to make something that's just god-awful Damn right. as it is something great. And I work so hard <laughs> trying to bring things that I believe that the audience would love and that they'd also be proud of for very little money. It's tricky. It's really, I mean, if you have nothing but money, you can do anything. And you can buy anything. But if money is an issue, which it is for all of us, yes. myself included, Damn right. you bet. Um, it doesn't mean you don't want it to look great or have a feeling or when you step into your house and, and, and there it is and you go, whoa, does that look fabulous. And, you know, especially now in, in this day and age, stepping into your house and having a comfortable place yeah, yeah. is more essential than ever. I think so, too. I think your house has to be your one safe place. It almost feels like, you know, you go out there and it's like you're afraid. And you need one place where you know when you step in, it's all yours, it's safe, it's beautiful, it's comfortable, and all your memories get made in that space. Exactly. I really spend an, an inordinate amount of time trying to create those items. And it's been going very well. And so when they said to me, would you like to do Christmas? Oh, my God. Wow. I wet my pants. I just, I went, Christmas? Um, what, you mean really I could do Christmas, a whole show? And they said, yep, yep, we want you to do Christmas. So because my line is early English country look, uh -huh. to 
traditional. Um, I do a lot of things that are, you know, versions of my own antiques, and I wanted Christmas to be the same. I wanted it to evoke memories of times gone past. I want it to be the way when you grew up, that's the way Christmas was. I, I wanted to have that feel and that look. And, and Christmas, for the most part now, seems to have gone into a direction of a lot of sparkle and yep. flashy. And, and I don't do any of that. I know I play Felicia, and, <laughs> and I love that for her. And I think it's great as an accessory on a body. But I like things that are much more traditional for your home. And so I've done this collection. In fact, you know, Brad and I did an interview at, uh, here in Connecticut. I do the Better Connecticut. Often they invite me, and, and I came, and I put up my little vignette of my show on Monday. And I stepped back, and I went, gosh, this is pretty. This is really, really pretty. I'm proud of every single item. There's a reason for every single item. So I, I'm very excited to do it. I, needless to say, my house is packed to the nines right now with Christmas. I look psychotic over yeah. there. You know, part of the house is fall, and then this is this whole room yeah. because I'm going to pack up a van to take it all down to QVC, and then I do the show on Monday. But right now, it looks a little psychotic. It, it really does. But it involves fresh greens. I never thought that they'd allow me to do that. I have a um, tree farm in North Carolina, which Viv and I went to and spent two days at and met the tree farmer and his whole family. They all work at the tree farm. And did they have did they have any idea who you were? Yes, they did. They did actually. I you know, had hardly any makeup on and I and I wore a funny little hat with ears that fall down <laughs> and they just thought I was the funniest thing on the planet. And the fact that I just kept jumping up and down saying I can't stand that I'm here and that I love everything so much. It's Fraser fur. Now, I don't know if you know enough about greens, but there's Fraser fur and then there's everybody else. Okay. Fraser fur is the most fragrant. It's the one that is the thickest. It has the uh, ability to live forever. It never drops its needles. If you're going to buy the top of the line, the Cadillac of greens, whether it be a tree or a wreath or whatever, you'd buy Fraser fur. It's the one to own. And this is a Fraser fur tree farm. Okay. So I'm so proud of it because it's not only this gorgeous, gorgeous fur wreath and swag and garland, but it also has boxwood in it and white pine and some berries on the swag, and then there's some pine cones on the wreath. But the real thing that I want everyone to start to think about and know about is that I've added rosemary to this wreath and the garland and the swag. And the rosemary represents remembrance. And, of course, at Christmas, it's a time for memories, sure. it's a time for families that have lost loved ones like me. And I always use rosemary when I'm doing Thanksgiving or Christmas, so I had them put rosemary in all the greens. So when you send this as a gift or you have it on your door, you have it in the house, it will mean more to you because you'll remember those that you have always loved yeah. and you've lost. So it's very emotional for me, and I'm so proud. I, I mean, for me to call up a friend and say, listen, you need to watch me on Monday at 3 o'clock because you got to buy these greens because you're never going to find them in a store for this price. Uh, you know, for me to do that is, like, scary. I just did it with a friend of mine, Tim and Tom, who are friends from Ridgefield, Connecticut. And I said, oh, and Tim, Monday, 3 o'clock, you got to buy the greens. <laughs> because the garland is 10 feet long, and it's, like, around wow. $25. And it's so thick and gorgeous. And it's a lot. It's live. Wow. It's so fabulous. So that I'm selling. I'm also selling a crash. You all know that I'm an Italian Catholic. <laughs> um, the thing that always drives me insane about Christmas is that somehow the real meaning of it kind of gets lost yes. between the presents and the Santas and all of that. And I told them this when they asked me if I'd do Christmas. I said, I can't do Christmas without something religious. I have to do something. So they've allowed me to do a nativity set, which is a smaller replica of the one that I own with Frank that we got in Europe when we were in Italy. But the thing that's so charming is that I also am offering a creche, and it's the creche that my husband made for me. It's very primitive. Wow. It's so, oh, it's just cool. It's just, 
And, you know, I said to everybody, I said, when you buy this crash, because, you know, some people have their nativity set, mm-hmm. and they don't have the house because it's so hard to find one. They're just not out there. And a lot of times the nativity sets aren't very cool. So I did this beautiful nativity set with animals and everything, the whole thing, and I had them make me Frank's crash, which was no easy feat. <laughs> and I said, when you buy Frank's crash, you can give him a little wink and say, your crash right. So he would be so pleased to wow. happen, wouldn't he? Uh, that's if he's out of interrogation, because I'm convinced he's probably still trying to explain what he did in 1953. <laughs> but um, so I have that. I have carolers that play music. So beautiful. A mother and a dad and two children. Oh, my God, to die for. I have alpine faux trees that have the long wooden base, you know, the trunk with the crossed way it stands. So it's like country, it's like casual, great for kids' rooms, it's great for entrance halls. It's beyond charming. It's all lit, and there's two sizes. Let's see what else. I did a snow globe. Yes, that's what I can't wait to see. You know, Vivian Vivian sent me a little blurb about this, and it sounds absolutely gorgeous. It's my house in Connecticut. You'll see my house. And it has snow, of course, and then you turn it on, and it's me reading The Night Before Christmas. Wow. And I should also say that that particular snow globe, the proceeds, 10% of that will go to Heart Share, you know, which is my charity. And it came about because I used used to, I still do, I'll do it this Christmas as well, I read The Night Before Christmas, and Frank always dressed up as Santa. (laughs) Now I'm Santa, and someone else will read The Night Before Christmas, and then I sort of step into these rooms of heart chair, one of their schools, and the children scream and yell, some some cry, and it's, it's so wonderful, it's so dear. and Very oh, cool. And then we get presents and food, and oh, yeah, it's great. You can see why this whole show is very emotional. Absolutely. Yeah, it just reeks of my grandmother and Frank, <laughs> just reeks of them. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be bumping into each other on the set. I'm sure of it. You know, it sounds like you immediately knew right where you wanted to start when they when they came to you with this idea. I did. I've been wanting this forever. I almost, <laughs> I, I, I almost passed out when they said it. I said to Vivian, oh, my God, this isn't happening. This can't be happening. I just think it's a collection that you don't see anymore. You won't find this anywhere else because everybody's doing the other thing. You bet. And I know there's a whole gang of us that like that beautiful old world that oh that classic that thing that's full of memories i did plaid ornaments tartan ornaments now tartan plaid is from england and ireland and it's old world it's not just oh look a plaid (laughs) there's history to all of it and so i did plaid ornaments you can't find plaid ornaments anywhere they don't exist and if they do they have glitter on you bet you that's what i was about to say yeah so it's a charming, charming show. I'm very excited to bring it. Leah Williams is going to be my host, which I'm very pleased about. She's been an old friend forever. I know it'll be over before it begins. I just know it. It'll just fly by, and I'll be going, wait, wait, I have something else to tell you. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I, I don't know this to be true, and I'm hoping you'll tell me, obviously, but my sense about you is that you really know how to do it upright when it comes to Christmas and that you go all out. You know I what? Mean, I, I could be really humble here and go and say, well, you know, I do. <laughs> no, I am a master. I mean, I'm talking about huge tree, huge centerpiece, huge wreaths everywhere, I, decorations I, galore. I have a tree in every room. Yeah. <laughs> I put a tree in every room. I, I'm telling you, I'm a little over the top. Frank used to say to me when I, when I first put this house up, and I'd have, like, maybe four trees. He'd go, I think, I think you need to stop now. I think you need to stop. And now I do every room. Wow. He would be horrified until people came in and carried on about it, and then he'd go, yes, yep. yes, that's my <laughs> wife, you know, she's, she's so old. I mean, that's what he did. Yeah. Y- you and my mother would get along like cheese and crackers because she, she is a wonderful, perfectly level-headed woman, but especially when my sister and I were younger. Around mid-November, she turned absolutely insane. I mean, I'm talking about tree, mistletoe, Christmas cards everywhere. It's like some sort of insane thing. And I have to tell you, after my husband died, I didn't do this, obviously. I don't even remember the first Christmas after Frank died. It was just a blur. And then about two years ago, because Frank's been gone six years, I started in again. And it felt like going home Mm -hmm. to what I knew and what Mm -hmm. I loved. You know, it's interesting when someone dies that is that important to you. 
you don't know at the time who you really are. Are you really that person, or did, yes. did did Frank make me that? Did I do that for me, or did I do that only for Frank? And after, oh, gosh, it had to be three, three and a half years, did I start to say, hey, I do like to garden. Oh, no, I do like Christmas. It's a really interesting kind of journey you take. I'm sure anyone listening who has lost someone that important to them, they know exactly what I'm saying. Oh, listen, uh, we lost my dad five years ago after a prolonged battle with, with colon and liver cancer. And, you know, it's it's tough for me for a couple of reasons. First of all, Christmas was the last time I saw him looking healthy and like himself. Uh, uh, you know, I went home for Christmas and he was healthy as a horse, and then I went back the following March, and he had taken just a serious turn for the worse, and we lost him on April 23rd. And, you know, the real reason it's tough for us is the man loved Christmas. He just loved it. I mean, he loved the... The poinsettia plants, he loved the lights, he loved, you know, I don't know if you ever saw Chevy Chase in in the Christmas Vacation movie, but that that was my dad. I mean, he put up lights in the yard, lights on the house, lights on the roof. Yeah, if you love Christmas, you love Christmas. (laughs) And you become like a crazy person. I mean, they, they had this crazy. they had this inflatable North Pole scene that took up most of the front yard. I mean, he was like a little kid. And oh, you know, no, I get that. I love that. And you know, since since we lost him, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all still get together. It's still great to see everybody and have a fantastic meal and be together. But it's just not the same. There's that tangible piece that's oh, missing and no. always will be. You know, that's what's so interesting. Usually now, the last couple of years, I've had an open house here at Christmas because Christmas now for me is very tiny. Because my mother's gone, my dad's gone, mm-hmm. Frankie's gone. I don't have a brother anymore. I get, I, it's just tiny, and Frank's both sisters, they're gone. So it's really gotten down to just a small little group of us. So in order to fill the house with joy and laughter and craziness and food forever, <laughs> I throw an open house, and wow. I invite everybody. Anybody. Oh, hey, you, what's your name? Joe? Okay, come on on in. You know, it's just that. And and even at Thanksgiving, after we finished all the dinner and everybody's, you know, my daughter-in-law and I are cleaning up and we're doing and whatever, they walk out the door and they say, are you going upstairs to pull some of those trees down? I said, probably, because I do it right after Thanksgiving. So I can have time to really look at it and enjoy it. You know, uh, uh, of course everything has changed for you since uh, Frank passed on, but, you know, I'm wondering how Christmas itself has changed for you over these past six years. It's changed a lot. It's gotten much more about life and about people and stories I hear and families I read about. What I'm trying to say is I I think of it in a in a more spiritual way. Christmas when Frank was alive and we had the kids and the grandchildren and all the friends over. It was all about all of that. And now, because I don't have that, it's gotten to be more profound, I suppose, more about what God really wants. Yeah, what it's supposed to be about. And what it's supposed to be about. It's gotten less about the gifts. I'm doing less gifts for people. I'm doing really specific gifts that have more meaning. And I'm doing more than I used to. I've always done a lot for heart share, and I always take care of the children there. And Now I'm actually doing things here here in my town in Connecticut where I give money to families who don't have money, and I do things at the senior center. And I, You know what I mean? I seem to have reached out. I've taken my sadness and reached out to others who were sad. And turned it around into something positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I prayed for a long time to God, why would you do this to me? Why would you take the one thing that mattered to me? Even my mom. My mother was almost 94, so I understood that because she can't live forever. I understood that, but I didn't understand, Frank. And taking him from me, I just, I went to that place about there must be a reason. There's a lesson here. There's something I have to do. And it's not sit in bed, curled up, feeling sorry for myself. There's something I'm supposed to do here. Isn't it interesting that here I am now doing a Christmas show? You see, I'm supposed to do it, I guess. (laughs) And because then I can reach out and I can share Christmas with everybody now. So for me, that's how I look at stuff. And the laughter is... Really important. I like funny, funny, funny people, and I like to laugh. And so I can laugh again. Lord, there was a time I didn't think I'd ever laugh again. Wow. In fact, I even said at Frank's wake, I said something funny. I can't remember now what it was, but I said, and I turned to everybody and went, oh, Did you hear that? I said something funny. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because I thought I'd never laugh again. I just thought I'd never, ever be 
Linda again. But I am Linda again. And Frank would be the first one to tell you, well, thank God. <laughs> you're so self-indulgent. You're such a diva. What are you doing? Yeah, he would. He would. He'd be so mad at me. So this Christmas show is really dedicated to first my grandmother, as I have said to Frank through the last six years. Not everything can be about her. <laughs> and then secondly, of course, this Frank. You know, designing this collection, I assume that you did the lion's share of the work for this in the spring and summer. I did every uh, bit of it. Uh, yep. uh, was it difficult to summon the Christmas spirit when it's 100 degrees outside? No, because I'm that crazy. Okay. I'm that crazy. <laughs> you know, I really am. No, it wasn't difficult at all. I told you, the house looks psychotic right now. I had two uh, lawyers come in for something that had to do with business the other night, and they walked in, and all these trees are up, and they went, oh, dear. And I went, yes, yes, I know. It's I start very early, is what I said. I didn't say anything else. That's all I said. And God only knows what they must think of me. Early? This is like, it's not even Halloween. <laughs> you know something? QVC does this. QVC has Christmas in July, yes, which yes. I was part of this year. I had three items. And then they do it every 25th of every month. And I think, my God, this is so early. People actually buy this early. And when I am down to the wire and it's December 23rd uh-huh. and I still have something to do, who's the dumb one? Yeah. You know, it's certainly not them. They have this completely organized. Now, I buy gifts early. I am one of those. If I see something that I think is perfect for you, I will buy it and you put bet. it away. You bet. I do a lot of that. But buying the, all the decorations and all the toys for kids, I think that's brilliant. I really do. You know, this is the season when all our favorite singers release Christmas albums. and, and oh, I know. You know they recorded them in May or June because that's just how it works. And, yeah. you know, I always wonder how they can possibly stand in the, in the studio singing about the first Noel and, <laughs> and Oh Come All You Faithful and make it convincing when you know they're going to leave that damn studio and walk outside to sunshine and humidity yeah, exactly. and 100-degree and weather. Right, and go get a slurpee. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know, you can. It's you. You put yourself in a different place. It's really interesting. You put yourself in a different place. I have all this Christmas stuff across, and a table that's in the same room is filled with pumpkins and bittersweet and two roosters. <laughs> there you go. Like crazy. I'm telling you, crazy. But um, I've rented a van because I have so much stuff to take down. So Viv and I are driving down in a van. They could make a movie out of this. And 6 in the morning on Monday, I'll be putting together my set. Wow. And I go on at 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. You know what's funny? I watch you on QVC right now, and I see the joy on your face. And I think to myself, oh. you know, she loves this right now, this minute, every bit as much as she loved it the first time she stepped on that set. It did, you know. I really did. I remember when I first went to QVC and did my fashion accessories, and I, I was standing outside the stage, and it was a revolving stage back then. I mean, that's how long ago. I've been at QVC since 93. Yes. So it had a revolving stage, and, re- and Frankie was with me. And I remember I looked at him, and I jumped up and down like I was six. <laughs> I was so excited about it that I was going to go on and bring my fashion accessories. And here I am. I'm still doing it. I'm still that kid. Uh, tell me what this gives you. Tell me how this feeds your soul. It feeds my soul because it's what I intended to be in life. This is what I wanted to be, was a designer. The acting was completely like a left turn I took. It's like I always say to people, what are you doing here? You take the wrong bus? It's like I took the wrong bus. And I always said, if I wasn't making a living at acting, I would certainly not be doing it. I would have quit and gone back into something else, probably design. And through the years, I mean, I started a fashion business called Strictly Personal years and years and years ago. Oh, that was the best. In fact, as the story really goes, I left One Life to Live, and I was doing absolutely nothing for 11 months. I became psychotic. I I thought, I'm never going to work again. Oh, my God. And I'd wait for Frank to get home from the, you know, advertising agency. And this was this was what seventy nine eighty somewhere in there. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And I, I'd wait for him to come home. You know, by the time the dinner was finished, I'd have my head in the plate. I'd be. <laughs> I was so upset because I had no purpose in life at all. Then I got a job on World Turns, and I went over and played Cynthia Haynes. 
I was only there a year before they fired me. And in that year, though, I started my company, Strictly Personal. And I have to tell you, I loved it. I would go into the marketplace in New York. I would find young, new designers. Nobody heard, for instance, Michael Kors. I've known Michael forever. And he was in a little tiny, it looked like a closet. He slept there, and that's where his collection was. And he had finally, in that next year, had sold his first collection to Bergdorf for, like, I don't know, eight to ten pieces. That was it. Wow. But that's how long ago this was. And I used to carry these coats and suits, and I would sell to all the daytime shows that were in New York. And I was extremely successful at it. And I loved it. And when I met a man by the name of Jeff Ryder, who is still a very personal, close friend of mine, he was head of NBC Daytime. I met him at Robin Strasser's house. We we had been invited to a party. And he said, I have a part for you. Wow. And I said, not interested. My exact words, not interested. And he said, no, really, this is a really good role. And Frank's the one who said, well, what is it? He said, well, it's a character called Felicia Gallant, and I think you'd really be great. Let me send you the sides. And I said, I'm really not interested. I'm not kidding. I sell things to, so proud, like I'm 12, you know. (laughs) I sell things to daytime soaps and to private clients. I have a fashion business now. I mean, I'm, like, so proud of you. (laughs) And um, I read the sides, and, of course, the rest is history. I mean, I loved her. I thought, wow, now this is a character. This is a character. I, but I kept that fashion business for that whole time. And that's how QVC came about. They asked me if I'd do accessories for them. But, you know, it's interesting how life turns and weaves and, you know. You and I, I always say to people, you know, if you're, if you're stuck somewhere, if you're stuck in your life and you don't like it and you don't know what to do, turn left once in a while. Just go left. Don't always go right. And see what happens. Because what can happen? You won't get killed. Absolutely. No one will burn down your house. And you'll try something. And I sort of am a believer of that. You'll learn something either way. You do. You you might find something else. When you did go left, you might find something else that goes, wow, this is great. And that isn't what you turned left to do at all. So you've got to jump in a little bit. You really do. Your experience as, a, as an award-winning soap actress where you have to think on your feet and, you know, quickly learn your way around a stage, and that must help you on QVC. I mean, uh, how can it I does. not? I adore a live audience. I love being out there live because anything can happen. And I, I think because I'm, I've always believed in truth and uh, being truthful. I believe that the audience, I know I do, I know a phony when I, the second you open your mouth, I know you're a phony. And... Because of that, because of the truthfulness and because I can say to them, okay, this is what I think you need to do, or at least try this, and if you have that, why don't you put it with this? And I can give you tips. I, I always say I'm the cheapest decorator for the day you'll ever have. I cost nothing. And I do give tips all along the way because I really do want to help you. I want to be able to say, you know, no, 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 you're not – Brandon, do you know how many emails I get from people who ask me, okay, Linda, this is what I have. I have this and this, and I was thinking, what if I took this? Would that work? And I'll tell you, truthfully. And I will also tell you, if you don't need something, if I have something I want to sell, my whole point of being there isn't to make money for me, but to help you. Now, do I make money if you buy something? Absolutely. I'll give you an example. The last show I did in September, the host said something about a lamp. That I had two lamps on the mantle, and they looked beautiful. And she said, you know, you could probably buy this lamp for your husband and put it on his desk. And I went, no, no, you can't. No, it wouldn't work there. It's not that kind of lamp. Because that's not honest. And I need you to trust me and believe me. Because if you trust and believe me, I'll help you. I know I can help you. So, yeah, I love live. I love, I, I, I remember when at One Life we went live one whole week. Absolutely. Oh, my God, it was so fun. Because I love the mistakes. I love the accidents. I love all of that. I watched just recently that Will and Grace had on that same show, you know, where they went live. Uh-huh. And they couldn't get through it practically. <laughs> I mean, they just kept laughing. Well, you know, I mean, if you think about the old Carol Burnett show, I mean, part of the fun of watching that show was was waiting for them to 
to uh, you know crack each other something. up. Exactly, exactly. So it's more fun for me. It's immediate. It's the things that I like best. I get to be live. I get to show you things. I get to tell you about beautiful things. So it's a perfect marriage for me at QVC. It's perfect. You know, I remember once I was in Canada and I was at an appearance and thousands and thousands of people were outside waiting for us to come on. I forget who else I was with. And my husband, Frankie, said to me, God, there's so many people out there. Are you afraid? And I I was surprised he asked me that. And I went, afraid? No. I said, they like me. (laughs) Why would I be afraid? No, they're my friends. And I've always felt that way. I just, it never crosses my mind that they'll be mean to me. Anyway, you know, it's been a great, it's been a great ride for me. <laughs> it really has. I've had a great career. And you mentioned people liking you and 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 you know having that connection. You know, when you won the Emmy in '93, the the one thing that you said in your speech that really touched me was, "Thanks for making me feel like I'm in this company, like I'm a peer." Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that those awards are voted on by your peers. I mean, your peers are the ones who nominate you, and your peers are the ones who cast the final right. vote. Right. Uh, that must have been the biggest thrill. I mean, oh, you can't even imagine. You know, to this day, I regret never thanking John Aprea because it was that storyline that spun that mm-hmm. got me that Emmy. And he's such an old, dear friend of mine. And, oh, my God, I've apologized about a thousand times. In fact, now I'm <laughs> annoying and boring about it. But... You know, I didn't even write a speech. It never even, it was just not part of my understanding that I could win this thing. It was just not going to happen. And, you know, interestingly enough, in my business, out on the street, the rumor was Linda Dana was going to win the Emmy. And I figured that was the kiss of death. Wow. You know, the minute they say that, you know you're never going to win. You (laughs) bet. And um, I just didn't even prepare anything. I was so thrown. And everyone leaped to their feet. And the cheering and the, it was, that's the part that made me insane, the cheering and the accept and the love that poured onto that stage. It's a moment I will never forget and will always treasure. That was it. That was enough for me. That was enough. You know, I, uh, I made it. I did it. If I never work another day, I did it. I actually did it. Because I remember years ago when I left One Life and the producer, I will skip his name, said to me when I said, I I really, if you can't give me a story, then I think I'll just go. And he said, you'll probably never work again. Oh, my God. That's what he told me. And interestingly enough, when I walked onto that stage to accept that award, that's who I thought of. Can you believe that? (laughs) That's how much of an impact he had on me. It scared me. I went right to a telephone and called Frankie. And I said, I, 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 do you think that's true, Frank? Do you think I'll never oh work God. again? I mean, he really hammered me when mm. he said it. Scared me. And there I was. I would have brought the house down had I said that. By the way, let me just say, <laughs> <laughs> really, the whole place would have gotten hurt. Oh, my God. You know, the guy that we love so earlier this year put together a list of the 50 greatest actresses in daytime history, and, and there you were right in the mix. I think you were 14 or 15, and, and you know, looking around at who, who you were next to on that list, Liz Hubbard and Jeannie Francis, Mary Stewart, Jane Elliott, that's pretty heady company to be sandwiched in between, heady my darling. company, boy, heady company. And you're right. Oh, my Lord. I have always said about daytime, some of that work, oof, it doesn't get better in any medium. When you walk through your living room and the TV is on and one of the heavyweights is doing a powerful scene, I'm telling you. You said it. It'll stop you in your tracks. If you you don't even watch daytime, it'll stop you in your tracks because there's something about the real deal that jumps out of that television. And they're working so hard to get it through that camera, through that little box, into your living room. Yeah, it'll be a very, very sad day when we say goodbye to daytime in its entirety. (laughs) I remember when we all went to Washington, D.C., a whole group of us went down to Washington. They honored us as part of the American culture. Wow. Oh, my God, I was beside myself. (laughs) I was beside myself that I would be included in that. I take a look at YouTube occasionally, and I love going back and looking at some of those old soap clips, uh, you know, those old Another World clips with Mac and Rachel and with you and Cass and Wallingford. And, right, right. Uh, the other day I was looking at the intervention episode, the famous Felicia's intervention, oh, which, oh, you know, I have to tell was, you, I think that I think that's, I think that's your absolute finest hour as a dramatic actress. I really do. You want do. to know something? I submitted that for the next year. I was nominated again, and I said at the time, you must have heard me say it, 
I said, I believe this year I was better than last. <laughs> and I didn't win, of course. <laughs> Hillary Smith won. Yes. And she said, she, she said to me at a party we went to, and I said, so, you know, did you pick your reel yet? She said, well, it's really hard because, you know, I was blind this year, and then I was uh, I was raped, and then I had the rape of the, the, as a lawyer, and then I, you know, lost my left foot. And, I mean, what, she went through this litany of things, and I went, you know what, I'm just going to go over here and get a glass of vodka. You don't need to worry about me, Hillary. And, and when she won, she said, if any one of these actresses that I'm nominated with had this kind of a year and this kind of storyline, I wouldn't be standing here. You bet. I mean, you know, we're all so respectful of each other because we all know how hard it is to put that kind of scene on tape with hardly any real rehearsal. Not really. you got to be quick. you got to be, you know, on your game. And that was the fun of it for me. You know, to, to me, what was brilliant about those episodes and about that storyline, the, the alcohol story, and, you know, there was a lot brilliant about it, but one of the things was the minute our eyes locked on that screen and took in what was happening, we in the audience knew viscerally what each character was thinking and feeling because we knew all of those characters intimately. You know, I mean, yeah. we knew how long Rachel and Felicia had been friends. We knew how yeah. long Cass had been Rachel's attorney and had been yeah. Felicia's best pal. We knew Lorna and Felicia. We knew all the dynamics in the room. We knew these people. That's the great thing about daytime. That's it. That's really, truly it. It's an amazing medium and so compelling and so meaningful because you know those characters. Mm -hmm. They're like family. They really are. I'll tell you a funny story. When SoapNet was first going to introduce Another World onto the network and do reruns, they called me and asked if I would do a, a, an intro for them. And I said, of course, of course I would. And they sent me some of the tapes with Felicia and Cass and Wallingford. And I watched about three hours of these tapes. Wow. And I said to Vivian, damn, I understand why they like Felicia Galan. She's fabulous. I think she's just fabulous. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm not one who watches myself. Uh -huh. It doesn't help me, mm -hmm. trust me, to watch myself. I'm so critical. But somehow, in watching that, because it was over at that point by, you know, many years, yeah. <laughs> I suddenly looked at her like the audience. I just watched her. And I thought, God, how frigging likable are you? <laughs> I, I was so taken by it. It was the first time I kind of got why people stop me. I had a woman in a pizza parlor last night stop me. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Felicia Gallant. Oh, my God, she did one of those. And I thought, yep, yep, it's because of that. It's because of that. You know, I, w I watch soaps now. I watch my old favorite One Life, which has been my show for two decades now. And uh, I swear to you, half the time I sit there and go, I don't know who any of these people are. I mean, I, I thank know. God when, when Erica Slezak and Hillary Smith show up on screen oh, because no. those are two people I actually know. It's like what Angela used to say all the time, Shapiro, when she was head of ABC Daytime. She said, you know, if you get rid of Grandma and Grandpa and you're having a Thanksgiving dinner, the audience goes, where's Grandma and Grandpa? <laughs> Just and like you do in real life. Absolutely, like real life. That is the magic of it all because it's like they have become part of a family for you, the audience. and. You miss people, and then when they bring on all these young people, mm -hmm. and you don't know who anybody is, it's hard. It's hard to keep watching exactly because you don't care exactly. about them. You just don't. Not that they're not lovely or cute or beautiful or even very talented. You just don't have you don't have history with them, and that's what daytime is all about. You history. know, say what you will about another world, but that was one thing that that show always did magnificently well. I mean, you know, people came and went like they do on all the shows, but. You know, you could turn on that show every day and see some combination of Rachel, Cass, Felicia, That's John, right. Jake, Vicky, yeah. Donna. They were smart that way. You know who else is smart that way is Young and the Restless. They're very smart that way. They always have been. They bring in a new person and they put them with the heavyweights. You bet. People that have been there a long time. You bet. So then the audience gets to really know them through and with the help of people that they trust and love. It works every time. I don't understand daytime producers and writers that don't know that. Because it's so much easier that way. So, what do you think of, um, um, oh, shoot, from Bold and the Beautiful, uh, leaving the show? Do you, you think it's going to happen? You know, I, 
Brad Bell has a way of snookering us time and again, so I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah, going to believe it until I actually see it I happen. Said. I said, well, it's probably over money. <laughs> and uh, she's just, you know, digging in. And, you know, she is that show, and she has she been that show, show for the entirety of its I, run. I know. She is that show. I remember the last time I went to the Emmys, I was sitting, I think I was nominated, I was, for One Life. And it was, uh, you know, supporting and didn't win, of course. I shouldn't have <laughs> won. One shouldn't have been nominated, actually. Anyway, so I went to Frank Valentini, who put me up for it, and I said, listen to me. I don't have a second show to show that I think is of any worth. He said, oh, of course you do. No, Frank, I don't. I really don't. And I scrambled and oh, came up with something. It was silly. I should never have been nominated. Anyway, that being said, I was sitting next to her, and I said, um, I said, Susan, do you work with that little girl? She said, oh, yeah, every day. I went, oh, well, now I know. <laughs> now I got why she was nominated and why she won. Wow. Because she had her as her other half, which you work with someone of that note, that kind of, oh, that kind of talent. Damn right. It makes you look good. It rubs off on you. It can't Absolutely. not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember that little boy, I've forgotten his name now, who worked with, you know, Luke and Laura, uh, Tony Gary. Yeah, you're talking about Jonathan Jackson. Yes, yeah. and how gifted and fabulous. Well, how could he not be with those two? How could he not be? And he literally grew up with them. I mean, literally. He did. He did. And, boy, you talk about having a nice teacher. My goodness. You know, yeah. if if only for the way that they were written, produced, and executed during your time in them. Do you feel like you were incredibly lucky to come into soaps when you did and I do. and get the hell out of them when you did? Yeah, somebody said to me just the other day, would you go back? And I said, no, no. No, no. I have no intention of going back. I mean, not that someone is knocking at the door wanting me to go back, but even if someone was knocking, I, I would, I would decline, because it's not what it once was. It's just not. And um, thank God I uh, saved my money, and I don't have to do that. And I don't want to work that hard anymore. I really don't. I don't want to get the five anymore. I really don't. I did that for so many years, and I hope, I just hope they run for. Oh, I don't know, as long as they possibly can. It'll be so sad when they're old. Oh. God, it'll be sad. Because what do they put in their place? They put dumbness in their place. It's not like they even put something there that's fabulous. They don't. A talk show that's a ripoff of every other talk yeah, show that's on the air. I yeah, mean, exactly. It's, just, All right. it's not like you're being replaced by something mm-hmm. that matters. Because you're not. You're just not. You know, we just got the great Kim Zimmer back today. Time, thank God oh, she's back. They called me and asked me to talk about the fact that I dressed her for that character <laughs> the first time she did it on One Life. Wow. And so, you know, I was uh, I was just so generous in my praise of her because, you know, I adore her. I adore her personally. I adore her work. She's just a superb actress. You know, they, they've been showing old flashbacks of her and Erica and her and Robin Strasser, and it's been great fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. And, you know, the other thing that's so great about it, it gives the Guiding Light fan a place to go. Yes. It, yes. And I always think that's so great. I mean, that's why ABC brought me back to ABC after Another World was canceled, because it gave that Another World audience somewhere to go. Because it's a shock when your show ends. It's awful. I remember when Lonesome Dub was finally over and 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 he was dead and it was gone and I was just Frank and I went into a deep state of depression. <laughs> remember Lonesome Dub? Absolutely. Oh my God, we were sad for two weeks and that was just a miniseries. You can imagine that <laughs> show for three years. And you know, it's it's so funny what what ABC did with bringing you to to uh, to One Life from Another World. Another World ended on Friday and you came to One Life on Monday. Right. And NBC stupidly fair. aired a week of Wimbledon yeah. in between the end of Another World and the beginning of Passion. So they gave those Another World fans a whole week to get hooked on to another show. It was dumb. I agree with you. Is it, don't you sometimes do that? You look at these people or these shows or whatever the turns they take and you and go, you go, what the hell are you people thinking? is running yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, why would you ever do that? <laughs> why? Yeah, I, I do that a lot because... It's just fascinating to me. It's just because it's beyond stupid. It, it's really beyond stupid. So, you know, I guess they would look at you and go, well, we made $600 gazillion last year. How stupid could we be? Well, you could have made more. <laughs> you could have. Yeah. So would, would, would anything be sweet enough at this point to lure you back to that well? Would anything be sweet enough? No, I don't think so. 
can't imagine. Maybe if it was Cass. Maybe. Maybe if Stephen and I did. <laughs> you know, something like that, because, you know, he and I are such pals. Absolutely. We still are, and we have dinner, and, you know, we hang out a little bit. Um, if it was a group of us, and they wanted us back, like if they did some wedding or party, and, sure. you know, a bunch of us walked in, oh, maybe I'd do that for a day or two. You know, maybe. You That'd and Vicki Wendell and Stephen. Yeah, yeah, and, that would yeah. be fun because it would be, you know, old friends meeting. So Absolutely. When SoapNet wanted to do the reunion show of uh, Another World, I mean, we all showed up, and it was great fun. So that that kind of thing, absolutely, absolutely. But to go back and do a character on a show, wow, boy, that would be, I never say never, but boy, could I come in it too? <laughs> could I not wear makeup? Do I have to be thin? Can I be fat and do this? Yeah. Be a lot of could I. A lot of could I. So bringing this back to Christmas, what are your holiday plans? Well, it'll always be with family, of course, and friends. You know, I I take in all the homeless for the holidays if nobody has anywhere to go. And I love to cook, so I do a big feast before, you know, on on Christmas Eve. I do all the fish and all of that, like a good Italian little girl that I am. And then on um, Christmas Day, I do the turkey and I do stuffed shells and I do, you know, I do the whole thing, the yams and the potatoes and the stuffing and all of that stuff. Tell tell me the one food that Linda Dano's Christmas table is never without. Oh, that's interesting. It would have to be sausage stuffing. Always. I always have that. And I always have homemade cranberry sauce. Always. Always something Italian, whether it be stuffed shells or lasagna or something. You know, God forbid you shouldn't be sick after you finish eating. God God forbid. You're making me hungry over there, Linda Dennis. I know, I know, I know. know. But I must say, I think if we all as Americans, and even part of the whole world, if we all take a breath this Christmas season, really take a breath and hold hands and thank God for our country and the freedom of our country, I think we need to incorporate that this year. Amen. In our Christmas holiday dinners and family and every it's just i think it's you know we're, we're we're in a really tough time and the world is really in a tough place and i think we have to be grateful for that and be supportive of that you know i won't ask you your political leanings but uh, you know we, we live in a we live in a as fractious a time politically as i can ever remember in my whole life oh my this election november 2nd is huge oh is absolutely huge in fact, I'm going to get my ballot on Tuesday and make sure I have it because I have to. I'm going to do the uh, accessory council dinner on on November 1st, and I want to be back up here in Connecticut on the 2nd. And if I'm late or if something happens or the car breaks in and I don't vote, I will kill myself. So I, I have to have. I'm so I, Vivian suggested that go get a ballot. You can get a ballot. Absolutely. I went. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, this is a very turbulent time. And like you say, if everyone would just step back and just take a breath, just take, you know, one long... One uh, long breath and look around yourself and see what you have. Absolutely. And what you, you, the littlest of things to be grateful for, the littlest of things, just taking in breath every day is a little gift that we take for granted, you know. And I think if we all do that and we hold on to each other, we're going to be all right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I absolutely agree with you. See, I didn't. I danced around it, didn't I? I, didn't say what I was, what, who I was for, because Vivian will kill me. She will kill me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. We'll just step away from that, and I'll tell everybody, yes, don't just miss. Walk away from that. Right. <laughs> I'll tell everybody, don't miss Linda Dano at home for Christmas on QVC this coming Monday, October 25th, 3 p.m. Eastern, and I assume it's live across the country, so it would be noon it Pacific. Is. Exactly. Thank so you, Brandon. Just check your listings. QVC Monday. I'll be watching. You know I adore you. Oh, you're so dear. You're so dear. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Thank you, my I darling. I love, love, love visiting with you. Listen, same here. We'll you're welcome here anytime. Okay. And if I don't talk to you before, have a wonderful fall, Thanksgiving, and of course Christmas. Same to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, darling. Bye, honey. The Bye, magnificent everyone. Linda Dano, everybody on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz in the can. If you're listening, you already know, but in case you don't, Three places to find Brandon's Buzz. Blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz is home base for this show. You can listen to the show. You can download old episodes of the show. They're all archived. 
You can uh, leave comments. You can send emails. It really is home base for Brandon's Buzz. Again, it's blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There at the top of any page at brandonsbuzz.com is a blue button marked radio. You click that button. That takes you to a full radio archive of Brandon's Buzz episodes. And you can listen to them. You can see banners. You can... They're all there, brandonsbuzz.com in the radio archive. You can also find me on iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Just type Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Source search box. Scroll down to the podcast section, click on my logo, and from there you can uh, download individual old episodes of the show as podcasts, or you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the store. So I'm all over the Internet. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on iTunes, I'm everywhere. Google the words Brandon's Buzz and something will pop up that points you in my direction. And I appreciate you guys coming in my direction as always. I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to me and I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi everybody out there, this is Eileen Kristen and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word. Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy. Great show. Check hey it out. Hey, guys. This is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So <laughs> if you feel that you just can't take it. And your world isn't what it seems Don't forget that life can be what you make it Better when you live on a street of dreams Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.